Welcome back. Episode 42 of the Young Old Heads podcast. Shout out Jackie Robinson. I'm one of your hosts, Tommy, aka TV Sports Cards. And I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Max, aka Cards Max, aka Cards Max, long live opening day edition. Max, how you doing? I'm opening day edition today. Opening day is closed. Opening day is gone. The best image variations of all time are no longer being produced. I know people, if you've been following this podcast, you know that me and Max are huge fans of the short printed image variations of opening day. And today at the Tops Industry Conference, they announced that opening day would not be returning to the product release schedule this year in 2023. So we are pouring one out for the 24 year lifespan of the opening day edition. I think it started in 98, but... I never really like, tried to do the tracking of when opening day started. I know I ripped it as a kid. I know I thought the opening day stamps made cards more rare. And that since they were only available at or around opening day, that it was just a scarce limited edition product. Oh, yeah. I have I have opening day in my binder going back to 2002, I think, was when the first open. They used to change up the logo for opening day every year, though, back in like 01, 02, 03, 04. They had different logos for the opening day, and I think they've stuck with the same one for a minute now. Um, but sad day for collectors everywhere. No more opening day this year. No more first edition, thank God. But I felt like opening day is weird. I feel like they're going to come and sneak it in somewhere, Max. Do you do you have any thoughts on what you think they're going to do about it? I don't want to hyperbolize, but it's like the perfect gateway drug product. In a world of rising SRP and cryptocurrency and GameStop, what, where can you go and buy a $1 pack of cards? Nowhere. Licensed $1 pack of cards. It was Topps opening day, and that's it. It gets the kids into collecting. You can give them a lot at stadiums. But they kept you, – you, know, you have a rare enough type of hit to where you can degen rip 10 cases – just for that beautiful dugout peaks Swan Soto variation auto. But the, you know, the image variations are already very hard to find. The autos are, I think, usually limited to 10. That's a very meaningful card. I feel like they're just, they're screwing up, man. I feel like this whole, like, they're only doing one SSP, one photo variation in the flagship product, and every card is getting a variation. It's just... I'm struggling. I'm struggling with that, but um, I'm happy to hear that some other products are dead. Removal of gold label, sick. I love that. Um, Tommy, do you know some of the other parallels offhand? Uh, parallels, uh, galleries, yeah, not par- parallel sets. Gallery sucked. Yeah, gallery is terrible. But uh, gallery also has some longevity to it. Yeah, but longevity, it's like makes it bland for that. I don't know why, but for some reason, gallery yeah, is like. I don't know. Even the Ichiro and Pujols rookies are kind of boring. Yeah, it's like it's it's trying to be heritage and like living sort of, but it just fails kind of on all levels. I kind of like the Mona Lisa like SSSSPs they did last year. That was kind of cool. I feel like a fun but maybe not so fun segment we could have done is if you could axe five sets right now, what would they be? But like Tops did that IRL. And yes, I did. I did speak the acronym IRL, IRL. Tops did it IRL. They took the would you rather and did it. They won KMF 
And here we are in this smorgasbord of a new release calendar. And it's ironic that it comes on like the semi opening release day of Topps Chrome Sonic Edition, which seemed to be pretty underwhelming from what I can tell. It was basically just the lava parallels from Bowman Chrome. And it was like most of the base card, the base cards of the product were just normal Topps Chrome base cards from 2022, like just like the Logo Fractor kind of boxes. Max, have you seen much about Topps Chrome Sonic? So I was with uh, Josh L. Chin, whose handle is conveniently at Josh L. Chin, great person. Um, and it's his birthday soon uh, at the Terrytown show. And as he was waiting for me to negotiate and do deals on the way out, because I was, was taking a little bit long. Sorry, my bad. Um, he bought like, because the Sonic boxes were only like, I think they were $80 each or something like that. He bought like three or so Sonic boxes. And we are, I don't want to say we, it was him. He pulled, I think like a Goldschmidt buyback and a gold and a judge refractor buyback. So that means he bought a fourth box of that behavior. And it's just normal tops Chrome base with some packs having like three parallels and a five card pack, no guaranteed auto, no guaranteed anything. It'd be better if there were an emphasis on the base card, just like not even speaking for this specific product, but just in general, if base cards were loved and cherished from a quality control standpoint, because when you're flipping through flimsy, unetched, boring, yucky cards, even at $60 or $80 a box, it's still ugly. It is an ugly situation. Um, so Watch the Breaks tweeted that Big League is revamped in a way to be sort of an educational product for the newer collector, including a tiered system for base set with differing scarcity. Additions include fun art, parentheses, big, big heads, artist collabs, mascots, short prints of mascots, case level hits too, and autos. So it seems like they're trying to replace opening day with Big League which they've been kind of sleeping on the last few years, but I've also been a fan of the big league product. Max, what are your thoughts on this kind of takeaway opening day enhanced big league? What are your thoughts? I, I don't like the comparison to it. I, even though they're structurally somewhat kind of comparable, given that they're both designed for younger audiences in that regard, I like that there's like its own 200 card set which, oh, every car, every set has a 200 card set. Yes, but it's with like flag, it's just with very basic photos, your borders, your parallels. You're not going after the big auto. The foils are kind of neat, they're kind of cool. But like it's with all due respect to every human being, Tops like makes it a poverty product that no one wants it. They say it's for just, oh, okay, if you have it between a gallery and a big league, okay, you're 27. You're going for the gallery. You're a respecter of art and the Mona Lisa. You're not going for the little kid product unless there's some dope-ass image variations like there is an opening day, which there are isn't. It's just that if you buy Big League, you get your action figure and maybe you get some bubble gum. You don't get anything with Big League. Hey, I'm actually, you know, I'm optim I'm going to be open to be swayed by Big League this year. I think Tops can do something with it, but um, I, I hate that it had to come at the expense of opening day. Um, I know Derek, there's this guy, uh, oh, I forget what his dad is, but he's a big uh, A's collector on Twitter, and he's a big fan of Big League, and we talk all the time. And I feel like the foils out of 100, I do mess with. Uh, I do like the action figures. I think they're cool. But 
it seems like, you know, Tops is at least trying to educate people a little bit better, but I don't know if overcomplicating big league is really the move to do so. It seems like if they're doing kind of this like tier, I don't, what is a tiered like base set? I, that seems like it's just going to make be more complicated than it needs to be. You know what has a tiered base set? Prison top. baseball. Yeah. Prison baseball and tops gold label. I can't really think of anything else. Gold labels being well, uh, select actually too, you know, you get select as well. So more products than um, we think actually not, not to just be a watch the breaks reporting account, but he pretty much went to, a, he was at some of the Q and A's. He sent us the, or excuse me, sent, he tweeted out, he sent the world, not us individually. Some of the more interesting questions I were asked during that Q and A session. Um, one of them that was interesting was the question was, how do you quantify quote 10 10 X the hobby unquote, because hobby shops are seeing two decks to three X collectors in the door already. Yeah. We aren't seeing more money now. And the response by Mayhan, I don't know who Mayhan is specifically, is the answer is collectors. The prices the past few years, we believe, were an anomaly no one can reproduce. We, we believe the foundation and collector base is there now for the hobby to grow. Prices on certain things will go up. Other things will have to, be keep, will have to keep the price low. Goes back to the product segmentation. We believe more collectors will support that. And that is a little bit of a scary answer. And I, whoever asked that, question is very bright right you're very much putting tops on the presser saying oh you're going to 10x the hobby i know michael rubin was saying that the hobby you know lead executive in fanatics was saying that the hobby has never been marketed before and that fanatics is going to start marketing collecting but we already had you know two to three times the amount of individuals that entered in 2020 and we're down kaputs covid has its own very well thing but why should collectors trust fanatics to keep their local hobby shop alive and keep collecting alive well this is a good transition because we haven't really talked about series one yet 2023 series one which has seen a pretty huge marketing push by tops with the j-rod show starring julio rodriguez and all these kind of funny at like tv spoof reality show spoof things um max i know you went to bleaker for series one night can you we haven't talked about that yet um bleaker was fun uh i mean it usually is fun i'm pro fun after all and i went in got my free pizza got my few little drinks i got a free pack of top series one at the door that's always fun best pull out of that and a few buddies packs was a giancarlo stanton home run challenge card worth about three bucks and a tristan casas rookie was the second best card out of about three or four hobby packs total um, I did one deal at the end of the night with a guy that I knew well. He does some, um, he is a veteran Com C flipper and he wanted to turn some of his Com C profits into a nice Pete Alonzo auto. And it was a good deal that worked out for both of us. At this point, the bleaker trade nights are mostly just meeting people that I already know, or it really kind of is just as a social club where everyone just talks to each other and they talk cards as long as you're not pompous or weird about it, because there are some pompous and weird people there, just like there are everywhere. Just like there are everywhere, though. That's not a knock on bleaker. But I enjoyed it, and it was a good time. <laughs> I think some people would argue maybe we are pompous and weird about cards, but I'm gonna... <laughs> I like uh, to think that we're a little, a little more fun with it. But Yeah, um... I, uh, yeah I'm the most confident man in the world. Um, I want to go, okay, jumping off the other question that I was bringing up. 
from yes. the district offices. Really yes. bridging off that. Question, quote, with allocation changes, why should a card shop owner not sell now, unquote? And Mahan's response was, with, all, you know, with some caveats and disclosures and blah, 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 the general response was, quote, we believe the best days are ahead, unquote. But it's a really uninspiring answer. Fanatics has talked all about centralization, making sure all the breakers are all in one spot, making sure that there's more direct to consumer um, product acquisition. And Fanatics is, you know, the card shop owner saying, or in theory, why would you not sell your card shop now and all the allocation and everything associated with that? And the response is, trust me, bro. I just feel like all we hear from Fanatics, oh, they also said that next month we're getting like the biggest product announcement of all time. Like a Yeah, it's called Zero Cool Jackass. You haven't heard? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Mike yeah. Cunningham from Fanatics. And he they also, is the CEO. They also and said that we're gonna get negative five out of a hundred out of zero cards. Did you see that? The negative the yeah. negative numbering? Your, Joe Burrow, it's cold out here. Yeah, like that's something that we really need. And more, another unannounced SSP where we can like, okay, it's negative five. Does that mean like there's four others, but like we can't confirm it? But if it's negative 10, does that confirm that there's at least 10? Also, apparently there's these like hidden gem cards in series one. Did you hear about this? Yeah, I mean, that seems to suggest that it's like the ultra SP that usually isn't announced on checklists. Like I know the... Mike Trout and Luis Robert reverse nameplate variations from 2020 top series one and series two are big ones. Um, the polar bear Pete Alonzo, I believe is an ultra short print. Uh, the Mookie Betts Hollywood from 2020 series two, another ultra short print. They, they blurred a few in there. The big heads from 2021 tops were all um, unannounced short prints. And I think the mascot heads in series two and series three, series two an update of 2022 were also short prints. I think I just nailed like most of those ultra short prints off the cuff or at least the most meaningful that ones. was insane that was insane but yeah i'm a cardiologist but with that in mind i'm guessing that that's what they're hinting at i know the theory if we're talking card theory here like you went to your grad school went to your phd or now principal investigator in card theory your short you know at least circa 2021 2020 2020 2021 short prints had an estimated print run SPs with one S had an estimated print run of about 3000, maybe a little higher given that print runs are rising. So let's say 3,500 or so. And then your SSPs would be about 350, you know, a 10th of that. And then your ultra SPs would be about 35, obviously unnumbered, but it'd be at about a one to 10 ratio. And that's how it's usually been with short prints and ultra short prints and short, short prints can't, or excuse me, super short prints can't mess that up. But I feel like that, would be what is suggested and it's a red flag red flag alert not a green flag if you're on your dating app it is a red flag that tops has produced this much product and not one of these hidden gem cards has surfaced i do not buy it i do not purchase I, it i do not buy it i just don't get how like you're going to come out after a product's been out for like a month almost and like say there's these cards no one's seen yet it's like how is that even possible so many people have ripped this product you either just failed to like point them out enough where people just now don't care. So like kind of goes back Max to your like, you can't just make something rare and expect people to care about it and not even like tell them to look for it. You know, respectfully, no one cares about the Mona Lisa rookie card. It's in Topps gallery. 
Nothing can do. Nothing can save that. Yeah. Just this is not it. Hobbs is like this whole. They're taking shots with rarity stuff that's just not working out too well for them. <laughs> but, um, Max, this week I really just want to talk about things that we've bought and then deals that we've done. So I think we. If there's more industry topics that we remember, we'll bring them up. But I want to hear about, about them next week. You want to hear about what? No, I said we'll talk about them next week. That oh, works yeah. Because there's just a lot of news that's still coming out, including Corbin Harrell being in Top Series 2. Tommy, I have bad news in that I have zero eBay buys since February 18th. Well, I have some good ones, so I can talk about them real quick. Yeah, I mean, I have some other buys, but... I, people might have been surprised to see me post a Russell Westbrook card on my account the other day. Um, Max, did you see this? I did see that. So this is a 2008 Russell Westbrook Topps Gold out of 2008 rookie card. I got this for all in all 30 bucks shipped. Uh, mm-hmm. It was an eBay auction. I just was like, I, I don't know. I decided that I kind of want to exp- like grow my basketball collection in a kind of a project-based way and that way would be to get gold tops rookie cards of guys that i consider like important basketball players from the era so like traditionalist yeah dude this is a kind of a project of like kind of an old head this is my old head project but moral of the story i want to collect all the gold tops cards of rookie cards for guys that like i consider the best guys so it'd be like i already have the stuff that's kind of the genesis of the project. So, Steph, so if, you're, if you're graded now, what would the Steph Curry gold be? <laughs> I'm going to have to send that in with Slab Card Mafia at some point for BGS because I think I'll get one edges. I think the edges can get a one. Really? Because I know it's creased to death, right? Yeah, surface is definitely a one five. <laughs> because I don't know. I feel like if you're doing it at that point, you're doing it just for the aesthetic. Um. Yeah, I feel like the PSA slab is so much sleeker than the bulkier um, Beckett slab. But on the contrary, like the gray label with like the all white, boring, bland, disgusting border, like actually compliments it. I might fuck around and send it to DCI. <laughs> yeah, at least they're going to grade the card and they're going to be a real grade. I got to get a raw review, I think, from Jason at the next show that I see him at. Yeah, that'd be fun. Please do that. Anyway, this is kind of like a Max. We've talked about golds in other in baseball, particularly for tops, but I love tops basketball, and it's kind of gonna it's gonna be making a comeback in the next years anyway. And they're doing McDonald's All American, and Bronny James is gonna be in McDonald's All American tops Mm. this year. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw it was announced by my favorite person. Yeah, well, I'm hyped about that. I love McDonald's All-American Durant cards and stuff like that. So I'm excited to see pre-rookie card Brownie James. I think that could inject some life into the hobby in some capacity, maybe help Tops grow this hobby a little bit more. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at on that. Uh, Russell Westbrook, a generational talent. And I think the Clippers could do some secret sauce winning in the playoffs, maybe if we get good Westbrook, not bad Westbrook. Um, Clay Thompson has been balling out. So I got, did get another Clay Thompson. I did get Max what I declared my heaviest Clay Thompson card. Is it Heat? What's the heaviest card you think you've ever had in your collection or like in your hands? Heaviest card, putting me on the spot, probably 
my project 2020 or project 70. I never owned a project 2020 artist group, but my project 70 Fernando Tatis artist proof um, by Ermsey. Really cool card and a grade of the PSA 10, but which I have to add because it's relevant because, you know, it's a thick like 180 point card covered in a silver frame on the side and then covered in like the thickest plastic lemon lamination. Damn. So it wasn't that heavy, but it was like, it was a bulky card. Yeah. This, I, I am holding here at 2012 Clay Thompson gold standard uh, something. I don't, I don't know. It's a metal card. Uh, rarity TBD, but I got it on eBay for $22 shipped. It's a rookie card. Uh, I don't know. Classic early Panini weird Clay Thompson stuff that I buy, but Max, heavy cards. This is kind of printing plate-esque, but not quite a printing plate. Um, but um, Max, you, you did make a deal, and I want to hear about the deal that you made. No, but I want to say this first. Like, have you ever gotten bored and just like gone in the PSA set registry and seen like the number one like PSA Clay Thompson collection? No, dude, because I don't really what I've realized is that I'm not I, saying you to go slap everything, but I'm saying like seeing what like the likely old head diehard whales are sending in Clay Thompson cards just so that they can nerd out on their set registry. Nah, yeah, I, I should do that. What like I feel like that'd be like a fun pro- I've done it for Glaber a few times and it's fun. Can I say something super controversial that I've only like tangentially said on the podcast, Max? Yeah, we need more views. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. I just don't give a fuck about autographs. I realized. Trigger, uh, trigger, trigger warning to people that love. Trigger, trigger warning to the one Apple reviewer who left two stars saying that this podcast was not kid friendly. <laughs> trigger warning. Trigger warning to that guy. But I just like don't care about autographs really. Like. Maybe if you have a cool one and the card is cool, but I feel like all these set registries for like super collectors are full of these autographs. So I respect, I respect it, but it's not my game. Yeah. Look, this is an anti-autograph podcast. We've made it very clear. If you've been listening to us for half a year and 42 full weeks, then you know this, but I think ultimately as a well-cultured man and well-cultured men, we know about, you know, history and the taunts and whatever. Um, I think the history aspect of the hobby and collecting is the biggest thing here, right? So if someone is alive and well-being and healthy and they can write their name as many times as they want on their second grade spelling test, then that's not a skill. That's not rare. It's false scarcity. You're being paid to write your name. I can't pay for someone to pay to write their name. So, but when the players can't sign anymore, whether due to them passing or due to even licensing disagreements with Jordan and LeBron, that's when the ink actually becomes valuable and more cool. I'm not a fan on Jordan and LeBron just because they're still alive, but at least like historically and with vintage or even with other exceptions to where for whatever reason, the player does not have many autographs. Like that's what I think is cool. Like a Mookie Betts autograph will always be infinitely cooler than a Mike Trout autograph just because Mookie Betts does not write his name at all. Mookie Betts, breaking news, Mookie Betts does not write his name anymore. Yeah, people people sleep on that. We've talked about we talked about that way back in the day. Um, but yeah, autograph's not it for us personally. Um, I know you have the Mickey Mantle autograph, right? Yeah, I do. I have that. That's cool. 
Um, and it's on like some random, I think 1980 weird set card. But that at least like I'm owning that with actually, you know, the polar opposite perspective of, oh, it's manufactured scarcity of, no, this is scarce. And the fact that it's at least on like a 1980 card, you know, it's older. Um, obviously, Mantle can't sign anymore in case I didn't mention that already. And that's like, oh, wow, I have Mickey Mantle writing his name on this baseball card. Like, that's really cool. Like, I, you know, you have the part of Mantle. And now I'm, I'm not going to do a full Mantle set. You know, that's a bit ambitious, at least for now in my neophyte stages. But, like, my Mantle collection right now has, like, the aforementioned in-person signed autograph that's now in a PSA Authentics Lab. I have a PSA 7 2002 Upper Deck Mickey Mantle game used bat relic, which is pretty cool. I mentioned that last week, Tommy. I don't know why you're looking confused. I've talked about it last week. Um, and I have a 1966 PSA two Mickey Mantle that has the tiniest crease, but has gorgeous eye appeal. And I'm like, okay, well, if there's one to own. It's probably this one. So I'll keep this nice eye appeal one for my collection. Not well centered, but really strong eye appeal. And it's like, okay, well, if I see it and it makes sense to add, then maybe I'll add it. But at least, you know, the relic, the game used bat relic and the autograph, that's where it's like Mickey Mantle has interacted with this. This is cool enough to keep. I didn't know that you were. I guess I you talk about Mickey Mantle. I just d- hadn't quite realized the quantity of Mickey Mantle cards you've accumulated over the past year. So it's pretty impressive. Three cards. What? Three cards. Three. Yeah, but whatever. That's for you. <laughs> for you, that's fast. That's a quick accumulation. Yeah, but it's just like it's for the fucking culture, you know. It's for yeah. the hobby, you know. It's, it's like I have to. I am susceptible to vices and culture and status as much as every other consumer. So I'm going to have my dank Mickey Mantles when the time is relevant. Speaking of for the hobby, I'm now yes. building a Boo Booey Rainbow from Bowman U. Uh, Boo Booey being the GOAT Northwestern basketball player carrying the team to a tournament bid this year and hopefully a top five seed. So Boo Booey, I'm building his rainbow I have one gripe with Bowman U, other than the fact that there's no logos in this initial release last year. Uh, there's no paper parallels. They do paper base, but all the parallels are chrome. So at least there's not that many for me to find. I have the red out of five, which I'm proud to announce. I set a record for Boo Booey cards ever purchased on eBay with that one. Big time. But looking out for the super. $50, $50 to anyone who helps me find the super. Really? Um Bowman University. So I have had two big quarterbacks in that attended in my college at Wake Forest when I was a student there. That was uh, Jamie Newman and Sam Hartman. Jamie Newman had cards in, I want to say, 2021 draft picks, I want to say, and some of the other releases. But I have a gold vinyl of him in the Wake Forest Uni, and that's pretty cool. Um, but now Sam Hartman just transferred transferred a few months ago to Notre Dame and he's going to play Notre Dame. So all of his, you know, actual like playing career rookie cards, but, but still collegiate cards are going to be in a Notre Dame uniform, but he's in a Wake Forest uniform for Bowman university. And I'm still on the fence with how big I want to ball out, especially considering he's now a legitimate NFL prospect. Like there was an insert super fractor auto of his that did, $265. And I'm like, 
I don't know if I can do that. I was considering bidding, and then I know another Wake Forest collector that I know was also bidding on it. So I'm like, okay, I'm definitely going to tap out. <laughs> and neither of us won, and I was absent from bidding. But it's definitely going – it's painful to have to sit this out just because I am a more all-or-nothing person, and to go all in on Sam Hartman is going to cost a few thousand. And I don't know if I can financially recover from that as a full indulgence PC journey. But I want to pick up a few cool ones. I'm jealous of that because there's actually a quarterback from Northwestern in this Bowman U Chrome new football release, Max. And he, I, I think this might be the case. And I'm going to make this argument to you right now. This is the worst quarterback to ever get a trading card across all age groups across all leagues uh ryan holinsky man i can't believe he was included in this list of uh people uh on the checklist but i'm jealous of sam Harmon. 265 bucks for the super insert i kind of like that card though it had a cool uh, wake forest logo I, i'm su- i'm surprised you have multiple it, collectors um no i know one guy who i his name is Jay. I love him. He has his son, Grant, and they travel to shows all across the country. The son is a vicious flipper, but I love the both of them. Um, but no, I what I was a little worried because like on the first few days, it was already at $150. And I'm like, oh, this is going to go nuclear. This is like feels high for a Sam Hartman card. The fact that it was under 300 bucks like feels more normal given that. But the bidding was like up at $150 to $200 very quickly. That's what I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be priced out of Sam pretty quickly. But also how many week four super factor autos will we have? I don't know. But I am not pessimistic. Like with all due respect, I am not pessimistic. Excuse me, I am pessimistic on him reaching the NFL. Not a sports analysis podcast, but I'm not pes- I'm pessimistic on it. I'm also confused, but I'm pessimistic on his NFL prospects. So when he's just a guy, five years from now, I will buy a super factor auto for fifty dollars. Yeah, we'll we'll remember this. We'll do the recap. We'll do a, a clip on our reels that show the recap of you saying this in 2023. And then in 2030, you'll be buying it on episode 1 million of the Oklahoma Hoods podcast. But Max, yeah, half a year. <laughs> half a year. Uh, can you tell everyone the big trade that you made? Yeah. Um, for all three of our YouTube viewers, this is the PSA 2. T206 Ty Cobb that I've owned. And it is being tucked in, being mailed out tonight. I traded it for a good bit of, I don't want to say bulk because all of it was at worst $80 per, but it was a lot of cards in the three-figured range, give or take. And I'm getting more value than I put into it. I am humbled to have been able to hold and enjoy a piece of history in both the T206 set and w- one of the most coveted cards in the set that isn't overly scarce in the Red Portrait Ty Cobb. And look, my job, not literally speaking, but my obligation is to own the cards and enjoy them and move them to someone else. I would love to own every single card that I've has ever gone through my hands as an indulgence and a collect purchase. But that's just not how real life works. And even in that regard, it allows me to afford cool items for myself in the card world when I do want to do that. And that wouldn't be possible without brokering more cards. 
but I like diver, or at least I want to diversify more in my taste of cards. This was the first U206 card I've ever purchased. It's wicked and cool. And I want to test my malleable mind even more. Can you give the listeners at least some hint of some of this? Yes, I can. It is a 20-card list. That's why I did not go into full detail. Give us the highlights. Um, And I actually, yeah. And it was, yeah, it was a little funny because we were like, oh, yeah, you know, the deal might work out. But it's like, dude, give me fair, give me some fair numbers and I'll work with you. And I think I just spent an hour back and forth today going back and forth on the Facebook messages saying this value is fair. This value is not. I was very, you know, you know, endorphin and neurotransmitter fulfilling. But some of the highlights include a BVG 1954 Bowman Mickey Mantle color, a PSA 10 Julio Rodriguez Atomic First Bowman, not auto, a PSA 10 Justin Herbert Pink Prism rookie. Um, a PSA 10 Contenders Variation Tyrese Maxi Auto, a 2010, excuse me, a PSA 10 Mahomes Rookies and Stars from Contenders, and one that you, two that you'll probably enjoy, a 2012 Tops Heritage Trout PSA 10, and a 2013 Rookie Cup Walmart Blue Tops PSA 10. Those are some of the cooler ones. That is quite quite the list of cards that are being traded for a Ty Cobb T206. And, and like 10 more. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, I love when you do shit like this. I think it's kind of cool. Uh, it seems inspired kind of by our good friend Stack and Sell. Yeah, um, the collector who messaged me was like, yeah, I, uh, I had this card when I was like 11. I traded like a Jackie Robinson 48 Leaf and a San Musial rookie for it or something like that. And when I was 11... I discovered girls and sold it for $300 and I've wanted one ever since. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh wow, that's a story. But like, that's actually an interesting story. And I'm glad that I'm able to satisfy this collector's white whale. That's sick. Um, do you have any other fun anecdotes to the people before we sign off? We're going to do a yeah, short, short um, and sweet this week. Yeah. I went to the Terrytown show this weekend on Saturday. Um, I guess two little, little blurbs, I guess from that is that I bought a, PSA 10 Julio Rodriguez 2019 first Bowman Speckle Auto. It was a True Gem Plus. Uh, it is currently not even in my hands. It is in transit to Newport Beach, California. And I'm rolling the dice with the crossover. If it PSA 10s, great. If not, I'm out like 100 bucks plus shipping. So like honestly, it's like $150 because PSA taxes on the shipping. So that was a fun play that I did not, I will say I did not crack it. I'm psycho. I enjoy the dancing with the devil and many other women, but I don't think I can. I have the gall to crack a true gem plus back at nine five of a you know four figure card, even when like the math would suggest otherwise, right? Because like if you crack like you know ten true gem pluses and you cross over ten true gem pluses, it's you're probably gonna have more success cracking. Yeah. That's what Spy Mafia said. Yeah, absolutely. But what is the premium that's being set on a True Gem Plus relative to even a normal 9.5 or PSA 9 or lower? And of course, you can always send them back to Beckett in theory, even then. There's not many times you're going to get completely burned. But I wanted to play it safe, given that it's a True Gem Plus. Maybe I need to just like grab my notebook and then just do a bunch of card theory to see like what would be the best course of action if you had unlimited money 
because of course like the actual this is the fact that there's real dollars real human being dollars being at stake here is something to consider as well this isn't like a two hundred dollar card this is like a two thousand dollar card get like a three thousand dollar four thousand dollar card so like i do try to keep that in mind as well so it's not completely degenerate but that was a fun play and i'll probably find out in a week or two if that gets the bump to a psa 10 or not uh the second other big buy at that terrytown show i bought so i bought this huge 5500 count box um 5500 um so some of the cards were penny sleeved and some of them weren't so we like tried to find out how many cards can be stuffed in a full row i think we got to like 800 cards or something like that 820 cards in a full row and then like put that in like five rows and stuffed them to the brim and so we got i think we estimated like 4,200 cards or something like that, 4,250 cards. I got them for under a quarter each. Um, according to the person I bought it from who like buys collections, the lead that he had on the guy was that this was a guy's junk box and he just ripped hundreds of cases at like 2011, 2012, 2010 prices, 2013. And it is, it's not all baseball, but it is flooded with like, cognac anniversaries and diamond anniversaries and like emeralds and like a lot of cool cards that i think i can at most i definitely get more than 25 cents out of so even like i've never been at the point where it's like oh i have so many cards that i don't know what to do with and even that this is just like four thousand cards but i'm so looking forward to going through this i don't even like i guess even the five dollar and ten dollar cards are going to be fun because that's like okay i'm into them for 25 cents and there's going to be a lot of poverty math involved in this. And it's between like, oh, do I even list this card if it's going to sell $3? Is this a profit? I'm not sure how I'm going to tackle that yet. I'm not sure if I'm going to like have bulk buyers on like getting all the cards from the same parallel set. But anyways, during when the guy was acquiring the collection, the seller was like, oh yeah, this is my junk box. It's all parallel, something good. You know, I'll give you this price for this many boxes or whatever. And the guy who I bought, you know, the middleman, the guy who I bought the boxes off of, not the primary owner who ripped the product said he pulled out a few like trout diamond and cognacs rookies from 2011 from these boxes. And oh. that is like, this guy ripped like hundreds, I don't know about plural, but like tens of mid 2010s top cases. And that's like, I think what most of this is and also like mid 2010s Bowman. So even the fact that they were like trouts that used to be in there is kind of cool. I'm sure there's some stronger names because there are some, that's a nice set as well. But thinking about how to tackle that is going to be fun in of itself. Um, you're definitely going to have to hit up Nick about that. But also, can you stack up all the Giants for me in those about that box and I'll buy them off you? All the Giants? Yeah. As long as they're not absolute poverty names. These <laughs> guys who won rings. <laughs> okay. I'll, uh, I'll do some digging in that. But no, it's it's a lot of fun. No, I'm excited to hear, follow up on that next week. Yeah, and I was like at one point, I'm like, wow, I wish I could buy more. But on the other end, it's like I just spent a little over a thousand dollars on quarter cards. Yeah, you're it's sort of like he had a dollar box, and you know the dollar box was this box, and I'm like, hey, I'll take all the cognacs at twenty five cents. And he's like, if you do the whole box, we can do everything at twenty five cents. And I'm like, dude, this seems fucking fun. I'm in. <laughs> But I mean, at the end of the day, it was a dollar box, right? So I mean, I'm getting them in at 25 cent prices, and even it's like the bar is so on the floor with some of these. 
Even yeah. exiting at 50 cents a card is a 2x. Yeah. <laughs> but it's going to be great. Uh, my poverty have... card math is going to be in full swing. That's what people listen to this podcast for, is for that sort of math. No, it's exactly. For... This isn't like a high end, you know, you know, flipping burrows, getting some Herbies, you know, even though I just got a Herbie, but whatever. You know, it's like this isn't, <laughs> that's not my heart and soul. Okay. Give, let me rummage through the trash like a trash can and a raccoon. And I'll enjoy listing my, you know, cognacs for like $10 if I can get, if I can get away with it, if I can get away with the max tax. Yes. Well, I'll be at Ship Shawana this weekend, Max, for the Ship Shawana Card Fest. Uh, can, I tell you one more? can I do, okay, sorry. No, no, you can do one more thing. Okay, no, you get, you do the Lettuce stuff and I'll say comments about a tweet I put out. Sounds good. Lettuce now the 35th top sports app on the google play store and the 54th top sports app on the apple app store so things are going all well over there. all sports apps not just cards all sports there's not there's definitely not a cards category of the yeah, app i know but i wanted to distinguish that yeah so go check it out we've been adding some shit hockey's on there graded cards will be out in beta pretty soon uh shit's the price reports are actually very useful and i'm hyped about them so if you haven't tried it out uh, or have questions about it, reach out to me. Max, what's up? Yeah. Um, one of the, another card that I got in the, at, um, at Terrytown, I got it in conjunction with a Julio Rodriguez Beckle. It was a PSA 9 Optic Hollow Luka Doncic. Normal rationale. I go to eBay. I see there's one at 500 OBO. I look at comps. They do it. 400 to 450 pretty consistently and i cannot say enough how much i love fixed price bin don't give don't mess me with that negotiation obo just give me the price and that's how you get the sale and that's what buyers want you buyers know that they see the 500 obo and they have to see oh is the buyer actually wanting like 494 dollars and 30 cents or is he going to go down to comps or can he go down to $430? So I listed my Luka Doncic at $449.99 and it sold within 90 minutes. This card sold. The $500 OVO listing would, had 18 watchers and was up probably for a good bit before I listed mine at 450 bid. Mine was snatched up so quickly. And I didn't even, I put promoted ads on it. It didn't even convert with a 2% promoted listing. It just converted organically. That's and it. even 450 is on the higher end of that 400 to 450 spectrum. That's it. And that's deal with like maybe losing an auction. I didn't force a sale. My goal is to get 400 or so net on that regardless. And you can I cannot say enough how overpowered fixed price spins are. That's how you level up your card game by adding the max tax onto your cards. <laughs> well, Max, this has been a thoroughly enjoyable podcast. I hope that people have enjoyed the kind of nonsense that we've thrown out there. Three weeks until Young Old Heads live from the Chicago Spectacular. And we will be doing a little... Two and a half weeks. Well, two and a half weeks. We will also be doing a little vlog video while we're there. So shenanigans at the show will be recorded on camera. Yeah. Let's roll bars. (laughs) Max, that means different things to different people. So uh, just know that Max's interpretation is means going to bars. And it is St. Patrick's Day in Chicago, so we should have yeah. some fun.
which means not just bars. <laughs> All right. Well, Max, this yeah. is fun. I'll talk to you soon, dude. Yeah, sounds good. Let's Peace. roll it. End cut.